week 86 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. 86. Remember how that used to be a sign for let's get rid of something? Yeah, let's 86 this presidency. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I as citizens have the obligation to shape the debates of our time, not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are as a people. Not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the battle, not the bullet. And a secret procedure. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. All right, yeah. One of those days, America. If uh, this broadcast seems a little off to you tonight, I'm having all sorts of technical difficulties here at the home studio. I'm doing my best to get things under control here, but uh, there's only so much I can do. I am not a professional audio engineer, so I'll do my best to get through this. Obviously, the interview will sound much better because I do that in my radio studio with my professional audio engineer, Mike Caselli, who's done a great job for the past year on the show. Um, so, yes, and I got a great interview coming up today. Joe Walsh, former Congressman Joe Walsh, former Republican firebrand Joe Walsh, who I used to fight with incessantly and who a lot of people get mad at me for bringing on my show so much. But it's funny. When he left Congress and started a radio show, he used to go on that radio show once in a while. And we'd have some decent debates about policy, things I never thought I would have with him because when he was in Congress, I I always thought he was one of the worst Tea Party types. Uh, But Joe Walsh actually does have a real governing philosophy. And frankly, he was one of the early people uh, after President Trump was elected to come out against him, one of the early firebrands on the right, and I would say of all the Tea Party types, um, probably one of the loudest voices from that Tea Party era of elected officials that came into power in 2010 with the Tea Party wave. So uh, Joe Walsh coming up the uh, uh, in, in a little bit, and that will sound better than I think I sound right now. So stick around for that. I, I guess it doesn't sound that bad. Uh, it might just be my headphones. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess tomorrow... When this comes out officially, and I'll listen to it on my playback and see if it sounded okay. But I'll, you know, call me, write me, let me know what you think. Uh, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. And by the way, I mean what I said last week. I got to get some more Twitter followers for a guy who's been on TV as often as I have. For a man whose videos on YouTube have been downloaded over a hundred million times. Now I don't put them up; other people do. Um, you'd think I'd have more than seventeen thousand followers. I have 
a lot more I mean, people listen to this podcast. They don't follow me on Twitter. I don't understand. I don't understand how that happens. At Christopher Hahn. I get it. Twitter sucks. It's a horrible place. Um, people are out of their mind. I have a lot of people who follow me who just hate follow me. So when you know people who like my politics follow me, they sometimes unfollow me because, frankly, they don't want to hear all the nonsense from these radical right-wing nuts Trump-loving maniacs that come at me every time, and maybe they put something up and they tag me in it, and then those Trump-loving nuts come after them. I get it. I know. <laughs> Mute me if you want. I don't know, but follow me. I need I need some people to follow me so that I look good. I'm up for this gig, and I can't talk about it right now, but I want you all to follow me so that I, I can go broader with this career of mine. Um, although this is the time... You know, every political pundit goes through this after a presidential election. This is now my third presidential election where I have been a political pundit. Uh, I was uh, I worked for I started working at Fox News in 2010. Now, I, I mean, I I had some TV stuff going on in the 90s too, but that was nothing compared to my career at Fox News. Um. So I started there in 2010. So I, I lived through the 2012 election, the 2016 election, and this election. After the 2012 election, um, I thought I'd never be on TV again. I mean, I think I went a month without any appearances on television. Uh, and then it was slow until the midterms. And then after the midterms, the general election for you know 2016 had started. So you're right. You're off to the races. After 2016... My television appearances did not slow down because Donald Trump's a maniac and he's been great for all pundits careers, all TV news careers. Uh, You know, plenty to talk about, you know, lots of politics all the time. I believe that, you know, sometime in January, that slowdown is going to be real. I mean, it's already slowed down a little bit. Uh, But in, in January, when it's become it'll become more of a policy debate, which is great. And I, and, and I like doing that. And as I was saying, you know, one of the things I liked about one of the things that surprised me about Joe Walsh when he became a radio host after he left Congress was that he actually did want to engage on issues and d- debate the issues, not just have some sort of partisan screaming match. Uh, and it was it was enjoyable to me to go on his radio show, which is why, you know, when you know, I, I started having him on my radio show. And and frankly, his hate hatred for Trump um, helps. I mean, he he's a realist, right? He may be a conservative with some conservative ideology, and I'm always happy to have that debate. I think that you know, look, I'm a progressive, and I believe that my you know progressive ideas are the right way to go. But the way this country was formed was, you know, you're going to have an adversarial process that's going to move very slowly and you're going to have incremental change because the two sides will ultimately have to compromise to get things done something that we have not seen and the you know the perfect example right now is they're debating a compromise stimulus plan or i guess covid relief plan in the united states senate right now and mitch mcconnell who i think is one of the worst human beings ever to hold a leadership post in this country somebody who has flown under the under the radar for most americans and someone who can and should and must be stopped on january 5th has been holding up this relief to these to 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 americans and what is he holding it up for he wants to see liability waived for corporations whose 
employees got sick or died or maybe even hurt from some other thing during the COVID pandemic. He wants a, a liability waiver or he's not signing off on relief, even though there is now a bipartisan group of senators that support this scaled-down $900 billion package. Remember, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats in the House of Representatives back in April passed a major bill, $3 trillion, which would have had, which would have extended unemployment benefits, would have had another round of stimulus checks, would have provided funding for state and local governments, provided funding for testing and for vaccine distribution. All of those things were in that bill. And Mitch McConnell never took it up in the Senate. And I don't know if Donald Trump listens to this podcast. I know some of his people do. Okay. But Donald Trump should know that should had Mitch McConnell passed a stimulus package, he might have won Georgia. He might have won Arizona. And he might have won Wisconsin. And that might have made him president of the United States for another term. But Mitch McConnell blocked him on that. And that's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons, he's not going to be president again. I mean, the main reason is he sucked at being president. And and if you need more evidence of how bad he stinks, the one thing I thought I could give him a little bit of credit for was this Operation Warp Speed, which got this vaccine ready to go at this point in time. Now we're learning that the president of the United States and his administration passed on getting additional supplies of the Pfizer vaccine, which has just been improved, approved in Great Britain and will be approved here this week. So we're not going to have enough to get people vaccinated, to get most people vaccinated uh, by June. We may have to wait even longer, July, August, to get more of that vaccine because the president's administration decided, oh, let's take a pass on it. Let's wait and see. Again, They didn't want to spend the money and risk the vaccine not being effective. And I guess in normal circumstances, maybe you could agree with that. But in this circumstance where Operations Warp Speed was supposed to have these companies produce vaccinations. And if the vaccines failed, we were just going to throw them out. And the United States government was going to take away some of that risk by paying for it in advance and then hoping that they created an effective vaccine president passed on that we're going to have fewer people vaccinated than europe will uh by the summer so if you don't get vaccinated till september and you can't go on that cruise you wanted to go on you can't go fly to europe like i want to do uh you know blame him another failure you know he's always penny wise and pound foolish i mean let's just look at this uh the the aware uh program which had our scientists stationed all over the world, including Wuhan, China, for the specific purpose of being an early warning system against pandemics, particularly coronaviruses, by the way. It's even in the, the, it's in the book. It's in the plan that Obama left this president. A plan that Ron Klain, the incoming White House chief of staff and former guest on this podcast, I might add, wrote part of anyway. He canceled that. I don't want to spend the 
$40 million it costs to run that program. Well, how much did that cost us, Mr. President? We're, not, we're talking about a $900 billion second, uh, I guess, third round of stimulus here. We've already done about $3 trillion worth. We probably need to do another $3 trillion worth. And it's going to be a battle. We don't win that Georgia seat. It is going to be a battle. We're going to have to pick off some Republican votes in the Senate. This Georgia campaign, America, is of vital importance. I don't know if you watched the debate over the weekend. Kelly Loeffler, uh, I guess robotic was the style she was going for here in this debate. Robotic and denial of facts. Still doesn't want to admit that Joe Biden is the president-elect of the United States of America. So it was a, um, you know, it, it was amazing. And and, and uh, Senator Perdue didn't even show up for the debate. Didn't want to give John Ossoff another viral moment. I guess Perdue didn't learn from his lesson. I, I guess he learned his lesson from the last debate. Don't debate because you're an idiot who put your stock portfolio ahead of the interests of the people of your state. Now, I know if you're listening to this podcast... Uh, you, if you live in Georgia, you are voting for the two Democratic candidates, right? And I, I don't find a lot. I mean, I, I get a few conservative people who hate listen to me and then, you know, try to pick apart what I say and use it against me on Twitter or Instagram or some other place, or maybe they call into one of my radio shows. Um, I get it. I know you're out there too, but chances are, if you live in Georgia and you're listening to the aggressive progressive podcast, you're already voting for Warwick. Uh, and Ossoff, okay, and and good for you. Get more people out. I'm going to start working the phones as well. It is a it, it is a vital race because you know, and and most people think divided government's a good thing. You know, if we had reasonable people in the United States Senate, if it wasn't Mitch McConnell, like I said, the worst person in the history of this country to hold a leadership role in the United States Senate ever, the most obstructionist horrible, sole purpose, one goal politician I've ever seen in my life. By the way, one word I left out, effective at it. There have been bad people who've had these jobs in the past. There has never been somebody who is so bad a person and so effective as a legislative leader as Mitch McConnell, which is why it is of vital importance that the Democrats take these two seats in Georgia on January 5th. Because this guy will block everything Joe Biden's trying to do, including things that this country need need right now, immediately. He's blocking it right now. He blocked it during the Trump administration when Trump was saying, I'll take a bigger package. He blocks this relief that so many Americans need. Cities, counties, towns, you know, They say that Democrats want to defund the police. Mitch McConnell, by his inaction, is defunding police stations, police police forces all across this this nation. All across this nation. You want to talk about defunding the police. You want to be talking about defunding our frontline workers. That's what this guy's doing. There's not enough PPE in some of these states. It's it's out of this. It's out of my... I, I guess I'm ranting a little bit here, right? I guess that's what I do. I mean, this is the opening rant. That's what I call it, the opening rant. Um, and again, I'm sorry if the sound quality is not great for you. I think it is. I think I think I got it under control here. Um, I, I have to get a new laptop, quite frankly. This laptop that I've been doing this show on, I think is on its last leg. And I think it's part of my problem here today. Uh, and I will. Uh, but uh, it is, uh, it's that time of year, right? 
uh, it's the holidays. And the holidays are not going to be what they were. And I guess, you know, I'll talk a little bit about that after my interview with Joe Walsh because this COVID-19 situation in this country, it gets worse every time I look at it. Uh, and I look at it quite often. Um, and we need a plan. And we need a president that's going to implement that plan. And we're going to have one. I just hope, you know, we don't have another 200,000 people die between now and January 20th. All right. So, you know, on that high, happy note, (laughs) I got a great interview with Joe Walsh coming up next week. I'm going to have an interview with a friend of mine who is not in politics. And I'll talk a little bit about that after the interview. So stick around uh, and listen to this great interview I did with Joe Walsh. And uh, I'll be back to, to wrap up the show right after that. Joining me now, a, a friend of the show, a guy who, you know, I started off my career yelling at on TV and the radio, and uh, we've kind of seen eye to eye the last four years, and I'm kind of looking forward to things going back to normal where Joe and I can disagree on policy. I won't yell at him anymore because I've actually grown to really like him. Joe Walsh, he's at Walsh Freedom on Twitter, is joining me. How are you, Congressman? Hey, Chris, it's great to be with you. You and I are brothers in that we will we put country first. And I have no doubt if we had had a Democratic president who did what Donald Trump did, you would oppose that Democratic candidate because you would always put country. I, I would if 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 Donald Trump was a Democrat, I would have been marching on the White House the same as I did with this guy right now. In fact, I don't know how a guy look. the Democratic Party is very good at tearing itself apart and they would not have put up with any of this. (laughs) So it's you know, they're they're already complaining about Biden. He's not even in office yet. You know, I mean, I hear people say, what do you mean? He's going to get a cat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I actually reached out to a staffer of uh, of the president elect the other day. I heard he's going to get a cat. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Howard Stern. I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about him on terrestrial radio, but Howard Stern has a, a charity that that fosters cats. So I encouraged uh, yeah. the president-elect to take one of Howard's cats. Good, good. I'm a dog. Hey, Chris, I'm a huge dog person. I got three. Uh, we're, I, Biden's got two dogs, I think, yes. that will be in the White House, right? That's yes. Awesome. yes, yes, he's got two. What kind of dogs do you have, Joe? I got a coon hound and two labs, baby, all rescue. Nice. So I had a golden who is still alive, but it was my daughter's dog. And she got a job in upstate New York and left us about three weeks ago and took the dog with her. And I missed that dog so much. And uh, that dog's mom is having puppies in February and I'm getting one of them. So (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. So let's talk about this uh, transition period we're in right now where we're we're leaving crazy and going to normal and crazy seems to want to be crazy on the way out the door. Uh, I mean, what's your take on it as a as a Republican? I don't know if you're still a Republican, if you're a former Republican. I, I mean, what's your take? So, so I, I, I left the Republican Party when I abandoned my Mission Impossible primary challenge to Trump back in February. Got it. Look, Chris, what we're seeing now is, is what we've seen for four years. This is a guy who doesn't give a flying you-know-what about democracy. He is a fascist. He will t- 
tear down the whole country if he has to, just to save his ass. Yeah, and that's what he's doing now. And uh, Chris, I'm a I'm a dark Irishman, man. I, I, I Trump is going to dominate the Republican Party. I, I think he's going to be in our faces for a while. Yeah, you know, there was this article. I can't remember who wrote it. I, I read it today about uh, Republicans who held on to Nixon did better post-Nixon, people like Reagan and George Herbert Walker Bush, who had both basically yeah. defended Nixon to the bitter end almost. And yeah. and and there might be some Republicans who are playing by that playbook. The difference is, is Nixon, when he went away, went away. He was gone. You barely heard from him anymore. You maybe you saw him in the stands at the Giants game, but you didn't yeah. really you didn't really hear from Nixon. Um, I don't think this guy's going away. I think he's going to be more like Williams, Jennings, Bryan, who's going to just stick around forever, run for president again, and dominate his party. Uh, he's not going to go away. He owns the Republican Party. If he wants to run for president again, it's his. And and the Republican Party back in Nixon's day, Chris, wasn't a cult. No. I mean, I was part of it. I got out of it. It is a cult. I mean, I hear still, uh, no exaggeration, from hundreds, sometimes thousands of his supporters every day because of what I do. And I'm telling you, Chris, they all believe the lie of the stolen election. They've yeah. bought it. I had a smart person say to me today, so when do you think Biden's going to concede? I go, yeah. what? Biden is going to be president in five weeks. He's not going to concede. The election's over. I mean, you see this hearing they had in Michigan, not even really a hearing. I mean, they're at a Holiday Inn or something right. doing a, right. a fake hearing, a press conference. And the woman who really, you know, some people think it should be played by Kate McKinnon on uh, Saturday Night Live. Joe, I believe this is Cecily Strong, drunk, drunk woman you met at a party uh, character. And I think Cecily needs to come back and play that. Uh, but I don't know if you saw that. I mean, this is I embarrassing. Did, I, did, I did. She went viral. And it, it look, it's, it's, it's easy to laugh at all this. And it's easy to have fun with it and say it's funny, uh, Rudy and all the rest. Yep. But, but what we're watching, I think, is devastating. I mean, we're watching a president attack our democracy on a daily basis. And, Chris, my former party, the Republican Party, is aiding and abetting him. It's tragic. Yeah, it is. It is tragic. It's scary, too, to some extent to think yeah. that they're, you know, I saw uh, the elections official down in Georgia early in the week. We all saw his his rant. It went viral. Right. Uh, this is just a guy doing a job, right? He's, he's a Republican. Yep. He voted for Trump twice, he said. He's a guy doing a job and people doing their job are being attacked for doing their job competently. It's it's amazing to me. Um, I think this is a dangerous time. Uh, somewhere between 50 and 74 million Americans will not accept the election result. Uh, I think I, I think that we will see violence over the next few months in this country. I think it's a dangerous time. Yeah, I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. And to, and for what? Right. I mean, they were told that Joe Biden's a socialist because he's thinking about a marginal tax increase for people making over four hundred million, four hundred thousand dollars a year. And a bunch of people who make less than one hundred thousand dollars a year are getting all worked up about it. And that's the scary thing about uh, democracy in America right now. It puts it at a very scary place. And again, I go back to this because I this is what I've had to deal with. My former party is a cult. Donald Trump is a cult leader. I've never seen devotion like this. 
and I hear from these people every day, and this is not a normal relationship with a president. They will follow his every command, I think, for the next few years. I, it, it, you're right. They will. And it's scary as hell. And, and he really, I don't understand how there isn't anyone on this planet who's sensible, who can get to this guy and say, it's over. You need to concede. You need to calm your people down or there's going to be bad things for this country, which, by the way, violence in the streets, not going to be good for the economy. Not going right. to be good for a lot of uh, a lot of things that need to happen. Not going to be good for his legacy either. Uh, you would think somebody can get to him. Well, none of my former colleagues, Republican colleagues in the House and the Senate, yeah, they're a bunch of cowards. Maybe somebody in his family eventually, but but they're already thinking beyond. How can Trump make money off of this? Yep. How can he stay relevant? And to what you said. How can he run again? Because I think he really wants. To. I think he's the. I think he's the modern day Williams Jennings Bryan. The problem is, is he's yeah. going to get less votes four years from now than he got this year. I think he thinks that he's going to come back and win. It's actually going to get worse for him, uh, and just like it did for Bryan, uh, it got worse every single time. He kept an iron grip on the party because he was the populist, just like Trump, but he couldn't win. He couldn't win because most of America saw saw him for exactly what he is. All right, Joe, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to pay some bills around here and I'll come back. We're going to talk. I want to talk a little bit about your conversion because you were one of the yep. more extreme conservatives. I mean, I mean, by today's standard, you're not really that extreme of a conservative, <laughs> but like 10 years ago, you were pretty yeah. extreme tea party here. I'm back with Joe Walsh. Uh, former Republican. I you, by the way, I follow you on Twitter. I know you. You definitely do, and you retweet me all the time. I retweet you all the time. <laughs> um, you know, I I can't break through, Joe, because I am, I am a liberal on Fox News, and yeah. nobody who watches Fox News wants to follow me. I mean, even though I, Joe, I have done twenty five hundred appearances on Fox News over the last. 11 years, 2,500 times. I'm on three or four times a week. I am on the top of everybody's list of people they don't like on Fox News. In fact, if I see a list and I'm not like in the top three, I complain to the list writer. I go, what do I got to do? How dare you put Chris Wallace in front of me? You know, I mean, I literally do it. And it always winds up for that person laughing and having fun and following me, actually. But it's a, but it's, it's the president. I am the one of the, when the president says what's wrong with Fox News, he brings me up both yeah, I know. on Twitter and on the radio. But I can't get followers. And, you know, my agent hired this 23 year old social media consultant who looked at my yeah. Twitter feed and had all sorts of nasty things to say about it. And she's right. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. following me. I mean, I, I got 18th. I got 17,500 followers and I'm on. I am literally known by every conservative in America. <laughs> so it's just, oh, my God. oh my God. There's 72 million people who voted for Donald Trump. I would say 68 million of them know exactly who I am. <laughs> you, you do you do great battle on Fox News and it's not an easy thing to do, man. It is not an easy thing to do. It has it hasn't been easy in the Trump era and you know in the Obama era it was a lot more fun. I yeah. you know I get into debates about serious issues, health care, the rights of people to unionize, foreign policy. We get into yep. real discussions about what was going on. And the last four years, it's just been, what did Trump say today? I'm actually a little afraid, Joe, and I know you do radio too. Joe's got a podcast yeah. and radio show. Follow him. He's Walsh Freedom 
on Twitter at Walsh Freedom on Twitter. Um, you, you know, it's been really easy for me the last four years to do a radio show. Really, really yeah. easy. Because I mean, I threw out my outlines for shows in 2015 when he when he first started running right. because he would say something crazy while I was on my way to the station. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to actually have real topics and I'm going to bring in reporters to talk about issues. Going to have to go back to where it was before Trump. You know what, Chris, that'll be nice um, because I do think we'll go there, even though Trump is still going to be out there every day. Um, it, I, the Trump era has killed me on the radio. I was nationally syndicated, but in the conservative talk radio world, you got to be 100% pro-Trump. Yeah. And so to be a never-Trumper, I, I mean, Fox News basically said, see you later, Walsh. And talk radio, it's been very difficult. And you weren't always a never-Trumper. I mean, you came to be a never-Trumper. And, and, and you well, know, I, I'm interested in yeah, that conversion, no, you know? Well, it, but, and again, you know, like, I've, I voted for him in 16, uh, not because I loved him or liked him. He wasn't Hillary. I figured he's a freaking goof. Maybe he'll hire some good people, and maybe a couple good things might happen. Right. He blocked me on Twitter in 2016 because I would criticize him. But right after he got elected, I mean, my radio syndicator people said, we all got to be cheerleaders. And the more I paid attention to him as president every day, within about a year, I said, I can't, I can't even support this guy. And then Helsinki, the summer of 18, yeah. I finally, I went on the radio and said, that's it. He's a traitor. I'm done. Yeah, I mean, I, and, this is the thing. I don't understand how more Republicans didn't see that Helsinki moment as a turning oh point for them. Oh, my God. You know, and, and now he's threatening to veto in his last days in office the defense spending bill. I, I don't get it. <laughs> well, you, but, you, but you do get it. And, and what I'm about to tell you, you know, if I had a dollar for every one of my congressional colleagues, Republican, Republicans who have told me privately over the last three years that they agree with everything I say about Trump publicly, I'd be wealthy. They just keep their mouths shut. Not because they're afraid of Trump, they're scared to death of alienating his voters. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Well, they are. I mean, he's got an iron grip over those voters, as you were saying before. It is. It is a cult-like following. A cult, really. I mean, it's. It's. You know, smart people who are believing dumb things. And 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 this is a guy who has completely failed this country in fighting this coronavirus. He's failed as president on a variety of fronts. Coronavirus is just something that's so obvious you can't ignore. Right. Um, and yet, you know, 72, 47% of Americans for, voted for him. I, I, I don't get it. Um, there, there, there's a divide in the country. And Chris, we all saw that we all knew there'd be huge turnout against Trump. I didn't think see the huge turnout for him yeah me neither got his people out in primarily rural america Uh, he got them out um but again it was a referendum on him biden's now what 82 or 3 million yeah votes. he's got 81 million votes i mean that you know biden they both have blown away the previous record for most votes in a presidential election they're one and two now uh biden's got more votes than anybody else Trump is the second place vote getter in the history of this country in which in losing. Why, yeah, which is why, Chris, if again, if if Trump wasn't such an ass, a bad guy, um, he got 74 million votes. He's the leader of the party. The base loves him. Of course, he'd be the leading guy to run again in 2024. So in, in many ways, 
it makes sense. I mean, it's bad for the Republican Party because, as you said, he's going to lose again. Yeah, he's definitely. Do you see, is there anybody out there, no. you know, Mitt Romney aside, and maybe we should wait for the next segment because I'm running out of time in this segment. I want you to think mm-hmm. about this in the break. Yeah. You know, Mitt Romney aside, is there anybody out there that might challenge this guy if he chooses to run? I mean, really, we're talking two years from now when people start two running. Two years from now. Um, right. You know, it, it's scary to think, but two years from now, we're going to be having this conversation about the 2024 election right. and the Republican primary in that regard. And and I would imagine there are a lot of people who think he's not going to run, and that's why they're playing this game with him. There's some people that care about the Senate right. races in Georgia. But I definitely want to pick your brain about, you know, when we come back from this short break, I want to I want to pick your brain on both the Senate primary and the potential for a Republican other than Trump to be the top of the Republican ticket. Do you think we could do that? Cool. Love it. Thanks. Yeah, because that is to me. Uh, I don't know who it is. I don't know who takes that risk. I mean, maybe Governor Hogan, maybe Ben Sass. So we're talking about 2024 and, yeah. of course, the Georgia race down in. Uh, I want to talk about that, too. But let's just quickly talk about 2024 for a second, because that to me is is going to be intriguing. The guy, I believe that Donald Trump is just pulling a grift and won't actually run again in 2024. But that could be I could be wrong. Um, but he's going to play the grift out till at least 2023, which is going to yep. leave a lot of what's going to leave the Republican Party in a bad place. Uh, what do yep. you think? Uh, I, I agree. Look, he owns the party. If he wants to run, nobody can beat him. And I believe, Chris, if he wants to run, nobody will challenge him. Mm. Uh, that's just way too risky. If he is if he w- decides to run Cruz, Cotton, all, nobody will, Pence, nobody will challenge him. They'll just so line up behind him. Oh, oh, they have to. They can't risk attacking his voters like that. They just won't. Right. Um, if he doesn't run, it's a Trumpy party. So if he doesn't run, Chris, whoever the nominee is, is going to have to kiss his ass and kiss his ring. Yeah. So it's going to have to be a Trumpy Republican like a Cruz or like a Tom Cotton, maybe Nikki Haley. Mm. Or Pence. I mean, Pence is right there, too. What about the governor of uh, South Dakota? What's her name? Oh, it's Christy Nome. Christ- yeah, is hugely popular among Trumpers. Hugely popular. Yeah, somebody suggested me to me the other day that it would be a Nikki Haley, Christy Nome's ticket. And it would be the first all-female ticket, and Biden won't run. It'll be Harris and some other woman. And it'll be four women running for president and vice president. Now, I I think that'd be great, uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I doubt it. But I agree that I think Biden's only serving one term. But here's the deal. Nobody on the Republican side, n- nobody outside of a Trumpy Republican will run. Mitt Romney, forget about it. He couldn't win a primary. John Kasich, uh, Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland, forget about yeah. it. Yeah. Why do they even stay in the Republican Party at this point? Like, what is the point of Mitt Romney? I mean, I get it. He's from Utah. You can't get elected as a Democrat in Utah. Yeah. Uh, I get it in his case. But I, Larry Hogan could become a Democrat tomorrow, and nobody would care. So could Kasich, quite frankly. Democrats can get can win Ohio, and it's not like he's running anyway. There's uh, there's no reason for them not to. And that may be the way this thing goes, because, Chris, I think the Republican Party 
is going to stay this nationalist populist Trump party for a while. So if you're a moderate Republican like a Hogan, your only other option is a Democrat. If you're a conservative like me, you've got nowhere to go. You're homeless. Right. And that's a, it's a, it's a travesty because I do think that a lot of good comes from debates from right and left fighting it out and then finding common ground in the middle somewhere to work out the direction of the country. In fact, that's what the founders intended. That's why the process is so slow, frankly, right. because it's it's built on finding consensus between disparate parties. You know, Look, the, the, the Republican Party for years ignored their base. And then along in 2016 came a demagogue and he conned the hell out of them. And now they are stuck with him. Yeah. And it's going to be that way for a while. And I think he's not helping them. I, you know, you know, to, to pivot to this, you know, Georgia runoff that's happening on January yeah. 5th. I mean, yeah. the president said yesterday, don't they should cancel the Georgia primary. It won't be necessary. Now, if there was ever a more fascist thing said out of the mouth of a president of the United States, I can't think of it. Cancel the election. It won't be necessary. And then he's got supporters down there, uh, you know, Sidney Powell and uh, this other yeah. guy, Joe Lynn, I think his name is. Um, Jim, yeah, Jim Wood. Jim Wood, Lynn Wood, that's right. Uh, saying, you know, don't vote in this election. It's rigged. I, I, I mean, what is going on? So here, so here, Chris, here's the deal. Because I come from Trump world and I wasn't an original never Trumper, I still engage with Trump supporters every day. I'm telling you right now, there are a whole bunch of them in Georgia who don't want to vote in the runoff. Amazing. Because they don't they don't trust the machines and they bought Trump's lie that the Georgia election was rigged. Trump's going down there Saturday and he'll screw up the whole oh, thing. Oh, I, I can't wait to watch this. I haven't been looking forward to a Trump rally <laughs> for for this long because I think he's going to completely screw up this election. On yeah. He's going to be out down there. You think he's going to be talking about Purdue and Loeffler? He could care less about Purdue and Loeffler. He should be talking about himself. He's going to be exactly. talking about how the election was stolen from him and that these Georgia officials can't be trusted to count the votes. He's killing them. <laughs> He, he's he's killing them, and he's demanding that the Republican governor be locked. I mean, yesterday at the rally, they were demanding the Republican governor be locked up. Amazing. One of the most Trumpy governors in America, frankly, Kemp. He is one of the most Trumpy governors in America. But what did he do? He's like, look, I'm not going to I'm not going to deny the will of the people. That was the line he wouldn't cross. It's the only line he wouldn't cross. You've got so you've got people like Don Jr. and Newt Gingrich now begging Republicans to vote. Yeah. That's how bad it is down there. It's going to be crazy. I, I think it's going to kill him. I think that that's going to give Democrats control of the Senate. <laughs> I think, you know, because I, I mean, I was not, when this went to a runoff, I was like, you know, we don't do well in runoffs in Georgia. Right, right. But Stacey Abrams is out there working to get, you know, people registered and, and get people their absentee ballots and get them out to vote. And the Republicans have a guy working to tell people that don't bother. It's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're they're actually screwed right now. If you're a Republican, instead of saying Chuck Schumer's going to run the Senate, all they're talking about is this chaos with Trump and and, and the rigged election. And they're really running out of time, um, you know, because yeah. you really got two weeks to get things in order there. Because once Christmas hits and New Year's, right. it's election time, and people aren't paying attention. Nobody's going to a rally, you know, the week in between Christmas and New Year and you know New Year's for this thing, and then. You know, a lot of people are getting their absentee ballots in. And I don't know. I yeah, think that yeah. I think that the Democrats have a better than even chance of winning the seat because of what's going on down there. 
Chris, that would be incredible. And that, again, from Trump's perspective, what a terrible, stupid thing of him. Because he, he needs the Republicans to still control the Senate. Yeah, he does. And he doesn't think he does. He, I think he thinks it'd be better if the Democrats controlled everything. And then, you know, they'd screw everything up. The problem is, is that they won't. <laughs> That's the thing. No, they won't. <laughs> and, and Biden will make sure we take care of the, the turn the vaccine into vaccinations. Yep. That process will go well. You could have an economic recovery in the next year. We're going to have an economic recovery sometime between now and the next four years. And yeah. if the Democrats control the Senate, we're going to be able to tide people over until that happens. Joe Walsh, I'm out of time with you. You are a good man for speaking the truth about Donald Trump. And I know how hard that was for you. And I know how much it cost you. And I really love you for it. America, follow Joe Walsh on Twitter. He's at Walsh Freedom. Not that you need me to tell him. He's got a lot more followers than I do. Joe, thanks for joining me. Always love being with you. Thanks, Chris. All right. I hope you liked that interview with Joe Walsh, clearly I, I get along with him. I, I do enjoy talking to Joe. He's, he's at Walsh Freedom on Twitter. Um, and that was a pretty good interview. And he's a good guy. I mean, look, he's repented. And I'm sorry. You got to forgive and forget. And you got to let people go. Uh, you got to move on. Uh, and I'm willing to move on with him. I, I don't know that I'm going to be willing to move on with a lot of these people who are defending Trump's attack on our voting on our fundamentals of our democratic republic. I, I don't know that I could, you know, like Ted Cruz, who clearly knows better, clearly knows better, saying, I will write an amicus brief if it makes it to the Supreme Court. Well, you know, today is the safe harbor day, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. It's game over today. The delegates, every state, has certified their elections at this point. And it is the safe harbor day set in by law. No backsees at this point. So the Republicans across this country need to acknowledge that Joe Biden is the president-elect of the United States of America. Clearly and convincingly, one of the largest... uh, You might not have heard this, but Joe Biden won by the largest margin of victory over an incumbent since FDR beat Herbert Hoover in 1932. That means he did better than Ronald Reagan did against Jimmy Carter. Remember that election, which you probably all think was a huge blowout? Well, Joe Biden did better, at least with the popular vote, than that one against an incumbent. So Donald Trump is the biggest loser of the last 90 years. I guess we could say of the past 100 years. I don't know if there was another incumbent uh, that lost. I'll have to go back to the records and try to figure that out. Maybe I'll tell you next week. Or you could look it up and you could tell me on Twitter, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. Next week, I'm going to have a different kind of show. I, I am going to do my political rant at the beginning. Uh, and we're going to talk about that. But I got a good friend of mine who I went to high school with, Brian DeVoe. Uh, you may know Brian as the lead guitarist for the band Nine Days, Story of the Girl. Uh, one of the biggest hits of the 2000s, frankly, uh, Story of a Girl. It's a, it's a fantastic song. Uh, you definitely know it. I don't have the rights to play it on my podcast, or I'd be playing it right now. Um, but Brian's got a new album out. He's going to come in uh, to my radio studio. He's not going to actually come in. We're going to, we're working something out so he could play a little live and, um, 
Uh, but Brian's going to be my guest on my radio show this week, and I'm going to put him in the podcast next week. And we're going to talk about his influences. We're going to talk about the new album. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good interview. Uh, so check that out for next week. But, you know, I know we're all starting to have those conversations with our parents about COVID and Christmas. Uh, Saturday Night Live did a great sketch on it uh, this weekend. I don't know if you caught it. Uh, by the way, they did an even better sketch. Um, it was like a mock-up of the Eminem song, Stan, and it was Stu. And it was, you know, somebody writing a letter to Santa Claus. Download it. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. I actually think one of the better Pete Davidson sketches since he's been on the show. He's had a couple of great moments on Update, but I think of sketches he's been in, uh, one of my one of my more favorite uh, sketches. I, I like that character he does, where he's like, "Okay, I like that character too." But this was this was pretty pretty freaking awesome, actually. Um, it was it will it will be a forever Christmas classic sketch. Like they will be putting that sketch in Christmas specials for the next fifty years on Saturday Night Live. So. Uh, that's how good it was. It's 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 a cla- an instant classic. Thousand to three thousand deaths a day in this country. You know, I said on my radio show that that's like we're having a nine eleven every day in America, and I've said this before here. You know, if terrorists were killing people at three thousand a day, you know, we wouldn't. There wouldn't be, you know, you know, seventy-three million people voting for the incumbent president of the United States. I don't understand why this is much different. He has failed us at every single turn on it. But I got to have the very difficult conversation with my mom. You know, Thanksgiving it was just the three of us. I talked about it last week. Uh, no big deal. I host Thanksgiving, so I just said I'm canceling. Sorry, I'm staying home. COVID, my house, my rules. Right? Christmas, I don't host. My mom hosts and my sister, my mom hosts on Christmas Eve. My uh, sister-in-law hosts on Christmas Day. For those you know, I'm half Italian and my father is Jewish. So not a, not a huge issue on my father's side, but an issue there too. Not a, not as big though. They're, they're pretty liberal. Uh, the Italian Catholic side, not Catholic anymore, evangelical side is uh, a little bit, a little bit more of a touchy subject. So we're going to have a a very difficult conversation sometime in the next seven days uh, about Christmas. And my mother's not going to be happy. Uh, Let's just just leave it at that. (laughs) Okay. She voted for Trump. So, you know, you do the math. Uh, It's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a rough one, but I'm going to have that conversation because I'm, look, I'm not worried about me. I, you know, if I get it, I, I think I'll survive it. My dad got it. He survived it. Uh, I'm pretty healthy. You all know that. I've today I think was day 708 in a row of running. Um, pretty good shape. I I take care of myself. I eat well. I exercise. I think my you know I'm under the age of 65. Significantly under the age of 65. I'm under the age of 50. Uh, so you know on the tables the you know the actuarial tables of where I fall on the risk scheme. I think I'm probably under a half of percent. Uh, I probably have a high risk, a higher risk of many other things happening to me than dying of COVID-19. But uh, my mother is over the age of 65 and not the most healthy person in the world. So is my, my stepfather and I love them both dearly and I don't want them to die. And uh, I also go to a radio studio in New York City once a week 
to do my WABC show. And I go to a radio studio in an airport once a week to do my syndicated show. Now, there's nobody in that airport, but it's still, it's an airport. Um, you know, and I'm around people. I do most of the shopping in this house. I, I worry that I'm going to give it to them. So I'm not going. And it's sad. But you know what? There is a light at the end of the tunnel. We have these vaccines. And I know that Trump is messing that up too. But they're there. Biden will be there in five weeks, maybe four weeks if you're listening to this towards the end of the week. But he'll be there soon. We'll have competent people running our government again in 2021. And things will start to get better. And by next Christmas, I am 100% confident that things will be almost back to normal, that we'll feel safe going out and seeing our families and going to parties. Man, I really want to go to a concert again too. I, I just want to start doing normal things. And I know you all do as well. I want to start interacting with people. I want to start meeting with people. Um, you know, I, this has just been too much for too long. I get it. We're all tired of it, but it's almost there, right? Uh, one of the things I said on my radio show this weekend is, you know, and I probably said it here too. I don't think you want to be the last person to die of COVID. It's like what John Kerry said about Vietnam. Who wants to be the last person to give their life for this? I don't want to be the last person to die of COVID. I don't want my mother or my father or any of my families or anybody I love to be the last person that dies of COVID-19. I don't want any of you who listen to me to be the last person to die of COVID-19. So let's just hang on a little longer. We're almost there. It's going to get better. I promise you, I, you know, it's getting better already. The deaths are horrible, but the, the light is at the end of the tunnel and it gets closer every single day. It's still a long tunnel, but there is light at the end. You can just see it. It's just peeking out and it's going to be great. All right. Thanks again for everything you do. I've, I've been having great weeks every week. Uh, this podcast grows every week and it's all because of you. You're sharing it with your friends. Um, you're downloading it and uh, you're passing it on. It's available on any podcast platform. So tell your friends if they don't have the podcast platform you're on, it's on every platform. iHeartRadio, Apple, it's even on Amazon Music now. So there's plenty of places to get it. And I want to remind you today, as I always do, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there. And I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.